safer sex. Intercourse. Condoms. Sexually transmitted infection. HIV. HIV. Sexual health. Treatment. Condoms. Sexual attraction. Sexually transmitted infection. Contraceptive. Sexual health specialist. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name's Tom and you're listening to the Sydney Sexual Health Centre podcast where we talk about all things related to sexual health. Today we're discussing a new sexual health resource co-designed with international students. This has been developed as part of a PlaySafe programs run by STIPU, the STI programs unit which is part of New South Wales Health. Later in the podcast I'll be speaking with Sujif, an international student involved in the co-design process. But first up, I'm joined by Maddie and Andrew, who, along with Wael Sabri, are two of the co-leaders of the International Student Project, so here they are to tell us more about it. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks, Tom. Thank you, hi. Thanks for being here. Uh, Can you tell me a bit about yourselves and your substantive roles? Sure. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Maddie Stratton, and I'm a health promotion officer in the HIV and related programs unit, and I'm based in the Illawarra Shoalhaven on the south coast of New South Wales. Um, So the work that I do in the Illawarra Shoalhaven sits under the Caddyshack Project. Um, So you may know our iconic slogan, share affection, not infection. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Anju Debkota. I'm a health promotion officer in the HIV and related programs in Western Sydney local health district. Uh, Part of my role, I coordinate bloodborne viruses education for Western Sydney LSD-wide healthcare staff, general practice nurse and practice nurses, as well as I run various population health and health promotion projects to provide community education and blood screening around Bloodborne viruses are targeted to culturally and linguistically diverse groups here in Western Sydney. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Thanks for being here. Uh, so can you tell me about the work that you've been doing with STIPU? Sure. So I've loved uh, being part of the PlaySafe programs. I'm a co-leader in the International Students Program. So the work that we do um, as part of this project is really collaborative, and that's what I really love about it. We have a great relationship with all of our partners across government and non-government organisations in our consortium and also our advisory group for the International Student Health Hub. And it's really been um, a joy to be part of. So uh, I have also been part of the PlaySafe Program International Students Consortium since the beginning when the consortium was formed. Um, Just to briefly mention and add on what Maddie said, um, New South Wales PlaySafe Consortium was established to bring like-minded services together to link their work and explore new opportunities to work in collaboration to improve the sexual health outcomes of international students residing in New South Wales. So I was involved as a member for the consortium as well as a grant partner working group member. And when there was a call out for the interim co-leader role, I was quite enthusiastic for the opportunity. And here I'm today still continuing my co-leader role together with Maddie in the International Student Consortium. Um, So I'm just loving this role and this feels really rewarding to me personally because I can relate this to my very own experience of coming as an international student to Australia some 10 or 12 years ago. All right, thanks for that, Andrew. It's fantastic you have that experience uh, as an international student. 
And it's great that STIPU has identified international students as a priority population for this program mm-hmm. area. Uh, but but why have international students been uh, been chosen? Mm-hmm. And uh, what is a hub? So some people listening to the podcast might not be familiar with that term. Uh, so, so why did you decide to design a, a design a hub in response? Yeah, so a hub is um, is an online hub or a web hub, and it's basically um, a one stop shop for international students to access accurate and reliable sexual and reproductive health information. Um, all host in one place online. So we were successful in obtaining a Study New South Wales Partners grant to fund the development of a website, as we know that cultural norms, education systems, taboos, stigma, all contribute to international students' varied levels of sexual health literacy upon arrival to Australia. So a couple of barriers are things like uh, limited understanding of sexual and reproductive health, transmission of STIs and HIV, the role of general practitioners, uh, overseas student health cover, the Australian health care system, how and where to access sexual health services. Other barriers are things like cost and affordability of sexual health care, the related stigma, beliefs and fear of discrimination. And there were a lot of confidentiality concerns as well in the literature. So what really prompted and encouraged us to develop the hub was the research really telling us that online platforms are an enabler for international students to access sexual and reproductive health information and services. So we then mapped um, current sexual and reproductive health websites for international students and actually discovered there was a gap in online resources stored in a central location that were culturally inclusive, user-friendly and contained broad sexual health and reproductive health content. And so that all kind of leads in uh, back to obtaining that study, New South Wales Partners Grant and developing the International Student Health Hub as a one-stop shop for international students to access accurate and reliable sexual and reproductive health information. So how did international students contribute to the development of the hub? Yeah, thanks, Tom. So a real strength of this project was the co-design process with international students. We had 191 international students who participated in an online consultation survey to find out what they need and want to know about sexual and reproductive health and how they want the web hub to look This consultation was conducted online, which actually allowed a really diverse representation of international students from both major cities and regional towns. The online survey asked questions around international students' confidence in their sexual health and reproductive health knowledge, and also what they wanted to know more about and what their concerns were. And all of this data was used to determine the content of the hub. So we discovered that sexual health websites were in the top three um, information sources for international students. And they told us that websites needed to be trustworthy, have lots of information and be easy to understand. We pulled all of this data together in a report, which I would be happy to share um, with anyone who's interested in, in reading that in more depth. The next thing that we did uh, was to work with our project partners to ensure the content and referral links were accurate, whilst our web developers, Tiny Hunter, designed the hub. 
So we then had over 30 international students who were consulted again to focus test the design and navigation of the hub. And this was really important because we took on their feedback and suggestions, made some further edits and moved forward with launching the hub on the 10th of March 2021, which is really exciting. Yeah, fantastic. That sounds like a really uh, fabulous and inclusive process uh, involving international students at every stage there. Uh, so, so what's the outcome? Well, what's actually included in the hub? Yeah, good question. <laughs> so the hub includes, um, I guess, firstly, I want to say the hub includes um, a real diverse and inclusive imagery and colours throughout. And this was uh these were all parts of the co-design consultation process that international students um, really focused on and found important. The hub is made up of questions that link through to accurate and reliable external websites. So uh, this is all about linking international students with trustworthy services and resources that they can continue to explore and utilise on those external websites. So it's that connection to information that international students told us was really important to them. And that's what we've tried to deliver with this hub. Uh, so currently, the hub includes five key topic areas. Um, mm-hmm. the, the first topic area is safe sex and sexual health, which includes questions around STIs, HIV, protection, testing and treatment, um, contraception and pregnancy, including questions around contraception, pregnancy, abortion, caring for your breast, cervical screening, cost and who to talk to, the third uh, key areas is uh, Australian healthcare system, including questions about general practitioners, interpreters, and accessing healthcare in Australia. So that, that was a really four... important one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Oops, sorry, that's really important. Yeah, because yeah. I I also found this really helpful myself. So because I remember my time coming to Australia and then you know trying to navigate the healthcare system. I'm still like kind Mm. of feel like lost, but this is really very valuable information we've got in the hub. Mm. Because it can be really confusing, can't it? I think, um, you know, that's one of those broad topic areas that is not so much specific to sexual and reproductive health, but still a really important part to include in the hub. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And also the information like overseas uh, student health cover, so that's really important to have it there, including, you know, questions around private health insurance for international students. That's going to be mm-hmm. really useful information and information around confidentiality and privacy, including questions around healthcare rights, health information, crisis support and legal advice. These are quite, you know, mm-hmm. key, key topic areas that's included in the hub and that's really useful. Yeah, and I think that's what we found in our consultation process as well, particularly around that confidentiality and privacy and and that really being a barrier for international students to access um, healthcare in Australia. So it's important that we have those questions represented on the hub. Yeah. Yeah, and also the hub also has like um, contact and support pieces around sexual and reproductive health, mental health, crisis support, relationships, gender and sexual diversity support, legal support, and a list of other handy websites Mm. as well. So this hub is a great resource, bringing a lot of information together and linking Mm -hmm. out to uh, different partner organisations as well. So I suppose when something like this is developed, it it takes a lot of people working together to produce it. Who are some of the people that you worked with? 
Thanks, Tom. Um, so the strength of this project has really been the partnership and collaborative approach. The need for a strong partnership was identified from the beginning to add to the gap and knowledge of sexual health literacy of international students. So multi-sectoral coordination was the uh, only way we could address health literacy as a group. So Study New South Wales provided grant funds and 18 organizations partnered on the grant submission through contributing monetary and in-kind support. Uh, organizations include um, New South Wales health departments, local governments, especially City of Sydney, health funds, uh, higher education universities, colleges, members of International Students Committee and their member organizations, and various government and non-government organizations. Um, we may not have time to go through all the list here. Uh, but it's a long can, list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a long list. So the yeah. full, full list of partners may be um, provided in the description box. So in summary, nearly 50 organizations or services equating to some 300 people from across the state of New South Wales have been involved in the development of the web mm. hub. It's massive, hey. So it's a, it's mm. a yeah, <laughs> it's a big, big lot of collaboration with a lot mm. of different organizations. So we would really like to take the opportunity to acknowledge and thank all our key partners and everyone involved, especially international students, for their tireless contribution in the development and promotion of the hub. Uh, your input has been really invaluable for us. And we will also like to acknowledge Study New South Wales for providing grant funding and all the grant partners who have contributed monies and in-kind support. Um, this hub wouldn't have been possible without their support. Um, this is a huge effort by a large mm. number of people, which is a wonderful example of what a group of passionate and committed people working together can achieve. So, yeah, it sounds like a, a massive undertaking. Uh, mm -hmm. The hub has just been released. Uh, has there been any early feedback or do you have any idea of how many people are accessing the site? Yeah, thanks, Tom. So we have had some lovely feedback um, come through to us and I'll let Andrew talk about that in a moment. But I will just talk a little bit about um, the ongoing evaluation strategy of the hub and that's really involving the monitoring and reporting on its Google Analytics so since the hub has been live and with the promotional campaign and resources um, now kicking off, we've had over um, 3,600 views on the site. And by continuing to monitor the analytics, we will really start to understand um, what the important topics and pages are for international students. And that'll be really interesting to see um, kind of that pathway of what pages um, are really popular. So we've had some really early success um, in the hub views, but we anticipate that the hub views may have been higher if it wasn't for border closures as a result of COVID-19. And with international students arriving um, this year, and we're expecting as the hub is being promoted through the universities, um, the more it will be utilised. And we know from the consultation data that international students, it was actually 90% of international students want to receive their sexual and reproductive health information through the universities. So I think, you know, the promotion through those networks will really increase um, the hub being used. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it has been fantastic for the team, you know, to receive such positive and encouraging feedback. It really shows the need for the hub as a resource um, and that it will be used far and wide. Uh, out of those feedback, I'm going to read some of the emails that we received from higher education institutions, councils, and NGOs. I've got some of the um, lovely emails here. Uh, so uh, there is one email uh, from Kirby Institute. Uh, congratulations to you and your team on an amazing resource. This will be so helpful once students start flooding back. Um, I'm going to read another email from University of New England. Uh, my congratulations again to you and the whole team at New South Wales Health for the International Student Health Hub. Then lunch was great, and the hub itself really is fantastic and will be such a useful resource for us to share and direct students to. And I think it's a really good point as well. You know, our ongoing communication strategy has really been utilising our consortium and our partners' networks in promoting the hub through email campaign. And you can also contact us if you'd like to promote the hub. We've got um, promotional business cards. We've got a promotional toolkit that has images and suggested texts that you can use um, to promote the hub through your network. And I think once we get a little bit of momentum with that, it'll be really good to see um, through the Google, Google Analytics what's coming through. And, you know, we've got coming up a couple of webinars with international student panelists, which will be really exciting, um, and a lot of yeah. digital media campaigns. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where the hub goes. Yes, so mm. we have few plans for over the year. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so the hub advisory group and co-leaders, we are quite busy planning that <laughs> yes. logistics for the webinar and everything. So we're lucky yeah. to have the hub really? advisory group, aren't we, Andrew? <laughs> It's not yes, just the yeah. two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fantastic. And for our listeners at home, that website is www.internationalstudents.health.newsouthwales.gov.au. So, so as you mentioned, there was that background research saying that, you know, government websites were more trusted. So it's good mm-hmm. it has that, that, uh, that health yep. branding on there. Yeah. So I guess the next steps are, are to really get it out there. We'll pop your contact details in the description. So if anybody wants any more resources Mm -hmm. uh, about the hub, they can get in touch. Mm -hmm. But thanks for being with us here today. Thanks so much, Tom. It's been great. Thanks, Tom, for having us. It's been great. That was Maddie and Andrew, two of the co-leaders of the International Student PlaySafe program. Next up, I'm joined by Sujif, an international student who was involved in the co-design process, to tell us more about his experiences. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Sujith and first of all I want to say like uh, I'm just kind of touched by the amount of commitment that has been shown to international students' well-being uh, at least in New South Wales, so thanks everyone. Um, I'm currently finishing my PhD at UNSW. Um, what I'll be doing is just give a bit of background as to where I've come from and then um, you know my experience working on, on this. So I come from Singapore where sexuality and sexual health education for LGBTQ communities is pretty much non-existent as uh, as it is in many parts of Asia. The only thing that we are told is that same-sex sexual activity between males is an offense, even though it's not enforced. So we know little, if anything, about PrEP, PEP, how to keep yourself safe. What we know, um, you know, is what AIDS looks like, what, how it's the worst thing that can happen. You know, the Kaposi sarcoma lesions and so on. That's what we're, we're taught in, in science classes. 
Um, also, a few years ago, the country's health promotions board, you know, they put up a, an online resource guide that was remarkably progressive and sensitive to sexuality and gender diversity, but um, there was a lot of opposition to it and uh, the resource was removed. So no one talks about sexual health unless you're the tiny minority that somehow manages to get linked to LGBTQ networks, which takes a lot of bravery and awareness of identity um, and so on. So long story short, I come from a place where things are shrouded in this, um, in, in cultural conspiracies of uh, secrecy and shame, where um, ethnicity and sexuality contribute to uh, a lack of uh, confidence and self-worth. So coming to Australia for the first time in 2008 for a three-month internship was a breath of fresh air. Uh, for the first time in my life, I felt human. You know, there were people who were interested in my views, interested in getting to know me. Uh, they seemed attracted to me. It was this explosion of, wow. Uh, at this point in time, I was just stunned and grateful that people desired me and I did whatever I could to make them happy because I didn't want to fuck it up. Um, and this included doing physical stuff that I wasn't entirely comfortable with because I assumed that's what people did, right? I didn't know who to talk to. And this is a common experience amongst um, gay international students who moved to Australia, right? Incredibly common. Um, and I returned to Sydney in 2017, a bit older, you know, a more aware of how to manage sexual health risks. But for many international students, navigating desire and identity for the first time, doing that can be very tricky. Australia represents an intoxicating amount of potential and opportunity. Um, now, remember, we come here with all these ideas about sex and sexuality and disease and shame and a sense of precarity because we are on a temporary visa. And coming to a new country with new health system and often a language that feels very foreign uh, can be deeply confusing and overwhelming. Um, there's also this fear that you're being watched and judged by your peers, um, that health services will pass personal information to the government, screw up your visa process and so on. Um, even for me, with all my education, socializing on gender, sexuality, and human rights, I didn't know about hepatitis and HPV vaccines and where to get them, whether I could afford accessible HR prep and PEP, uh, whether someone would be told to leave the country or be denied permanent residency if they ever get tested positive for HIV. So you'd be afraid to get tested. Um, so for the longest time, I relied on searching through Google for information I needed or through word of mouth. Um, and even though I managed to find some useful information, I didn't know if they were applicable to me as an international student without access to Medicare. And some of my younger friends were worried if their OSHC statements would be sent to their parents. I also had some um, people coming to me, you know, telling me, oh my goodness, I had someone like, um, you know, basically uh, assaulting me sexually. What can I do? You know, you know, you know, they came in me like, like, you know, there's a tear in a condom, so on and so forth. Um, and thankfully they were marketing the PEP hotline and, and um, you know, at that point in time, so I could have that number to pass to them. So you can imagine my excitement and relief when I learned about how there were plans to launch an international student health hub as a one-stop portal for accurate, reliable, and trustworthy information targeted at international students. And I was really happy to see that there was a serious interest in working with international students to develop that resource. We were invited to shape the website's design and to share our opinion on the sorts of information we felt would be important. As the consultation was anonymously and asynchronously done online in multiple stages, we could participate at times that were convenient to us. And we were encouraged to think more deeply about what mattered to us. So I think, you know, having that sort of online space really helped us to kind of think, negotiate and sort of set the time aside to think seriously about what it is we want to see from such a resource. I spent some time on the website that we're launching today. I'm really glad to see our feedback taken into account. So it wasn't just a rubber stamping thing. I mean, obviously, you know, the design process is very much influenced and uh, by our input, and that was quite heartening. I, I think this is a wonderful start towards helping international students navigate common health issues, and I have very high hopes for its future. 
Um, and there's so much potential to making this simple, but game-changing resource even more widely available, culturally appropriate and interactive. Um, for example, a small internship or volunteer program or contests where international students are invited to produce stories, articles, podcasts, videos, talk about their experiences, the Australian health system, challenges they face and the support they received. So contextual first-hand content or consolidated list of telephone num numbers, email addresses, a chat box about, you know, Pe uh, pe uh, contact uh, points that students could reach out to in case they needed a PEP hotline, for instance, you know, because it can be quite difficult to navigate to the right page um, in any sort of resource to get to what they need. But overall, this is a significant and incredibly promising step in the right, right direction. Um, the website looks great. It's more than enough information. I mean, I wish I had this like a few years ago so I could like send it to all my friends. Um, I'm impressed by the commitment of the project's collaborators in doing their best to ensure that international students were very sincerely and respectfully consulted and included. And I'm really thankful to be, have been a part of the process. That was Sujif sharing his experiences co-designing the International Student Hub. You can find the link to the hub in the description of the podcast, and we'll also pop in the emails of the co-leaders, so get in touch with them if you need any further information. This has been the Sydney Sexual Health Centre podcast. You can follow us on all of the major social media channels, so Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Give us a follow to stay up to date with all of the latest information in sexual health. And don't forget to share this podcast if you enjoyed it as well. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.